This is Gateway City Sports. From Talking Sports on the Bleachers, it's the NCAA Report. With me, Don Wynn, and my co-host, Russ Robinson. Sit back and enjoy it, folks. All right, folks, joining me today on the NCAA Report, as always, my broadcast partner on my right, the one, the only, Russ Robinson, a.k.a. Uncle Frank. How are you today, Russ? Well, I'm doing fine, Don. We finally got some good weather down our way. I don't know what it's like up there. Uh, we had a couple days of we had a couple last couple days of uh, rainstorms and stuff like that, but it's starting to turn around. It's supposed to be getting nicer here in the next few days, so maybe get out in the yard a little bit, start getting some yard work done. These sure. getting taken care of before I start cutting grass, you know. <laughs> ah, there you go. Yeah, there you go. Hey, just want to let everybody know that uh, the NCAA report is a part of Talking Sports on the Bleachers, which is a proud part of gatewaycitysports.com from college to the pros cardinals blues mizzou fighting illini even prep sports at gateway city sports you'll find articles and content content from guys like russ uncle frank robinson brian papa swope gene bonds Derek king i even get on the act sometimes you can also find other podcasts if you're a cardinal fan with a friend or relative that's a cub fan sit down over a couple beers Listen to the Team of Rivals podcast with Ron Nuttall, Pete Geddes, and Elliot Dewey. If you want some Cardinal insight, interesting guests, check out the That's All Winter podcast with Ryan Jenkins and Josh Brown. If you want more Cardinal content and the ins- and some other insights, check out the Two for Three with the Mighty Moose, Mike Stevenson. And then there is the critically acclaimed, often imitated, never duplicated Derek King Sports Show with the man himself, Derek King. So do yourself a favor, check out Gateway City Sports, and if you follow something and you don't see us covering it, let us know. We're gonna we'll see what we can do about that. So that's again GatewayCitySports.com. Well, I don't remember our final fours, including any of the four teams that are there. Do you? Well, no, none of mine. I had uh, God, God, I had about six brackets out. Yeah, uh, in different places. I know we had. Uh, I, I joined one uh, Toasted Tavern. You know, one yeah. of our brothers over there. I joined theirs. I joined my brothers over at Redbird Rants. I joined uh, and I joined a Mizzou group. I joined a uh, Rob Rains, his uh, St. Louis sports page. I joined. Ah, his group. okay. And I had a Mizzou fan group on ESPN. I joined. So I, I mean, I had about six out there, and none of them did I. I don't think I got the final four. I had Texas as my champion in a couple yeah. of them. Well, uh, I, had, I had Alabama in a couple of them. And, uh, but I did not have any of these teams in the final four. Yeah, I, I, I'm the same way. I had like five boards going. And I think um, 
Texas, I had in like two or three boards. I had Duke in a board. I had Alabama in a couple boards being my, my national champion. I think uh, the only real long shot as far as a low seed, if you will, that I had going in was Duke. Uh, I think I had Gonzaga going in a few. I had Houston in a few. I did have uh, – I did, actually, I think I did have Miami going to the Elite Eight in one board. I didn't have uh-huh. them in the Final Four. Uh, uh-huh. But I did have an Elite Eight in one board. Um, like I said, San Diego State, Florida Atlantic, I had – I and UConn, all all four of – all three of those, I I don't think I had any, any one of them. Well, I know I had Florida Atlantic. I didn't even – I don't think I had them coming out of uh, – the sweet wow. six, coming into the sweet 16 and uh, wow. I, had, I had Gonzaga yeah. taking down you <laughs> it just yeah it's been crazy, um, crazy. well I'm kind of like you I had Duke going a lot farther than they did I had Kansas in one of my a couple of my posts going farther than they did oh, yeah. uh you know and I, I I don't remember all my final fours but like I said none of them none of them lined up like this I think yeah. uh like I said Duke Texas Alabama yeah. And uh, probably Kansas, Duke, Texas, Alabama, and Kansas probably were ended up in my final four more frequently than any of the others. I yeah, think. I think I think Texas it was Texas and Alabama for me. Well, Texas, Alabama, Duke for me. Uh, a couple of times I had Gonzaga, uh, a couple I had Kansas. I think uh one one I had Houston. So just you know. Uh, it just kind of depended, uh, but yeah, I, I don't think anybody came up with this and, uh, what, which game of the, well, I shouldn't say which game surprised you because I'm for Atlantic is probably the obvious surprise, but, mm-hmm. um, of the other three of the, of the other three games, which one you, did you come across, uh, more impressed with? Are you talking about like in the Elite Eight? Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, yeah, the Elite Eight, yeah, like say, like the this uh, the like the San Diego, Miami, UConn games. Uh, which one of those uh, did you have, uh, or were more were more more impressive to you? Was it uh, the San Diego State win, or and I'll tell you, for, for me, it's the Miami win, the, the way they came back and and t- to win that game. But I don't know oh, what what's yeah. your what's your thought. Uh, yeah, I'd say the Miami win. Uh, San Diego State beating Creighton. At that point, I wasn't that. Uh, uh, I wasn't that surprised. That was a good game. Yeah, uh, that could have gone either way. And uh, but uh, Miami beating Texas the way they came back on Texas. It looked like Texas had that under control mm-hmm. for a while. And uh, the way UConn took down Gonzaga. I mean, oh, yeah. wow. I mean, Gonzaga's. Gonzaga is a legitimately good team, and they're legitimately a Final Four contender. They never win a no. national championship, but they always go deep. Uh-huh. And for in an Elite Eight, for a team to be taken out like that—that's that's something else. Uh, underrated UConn, although UConn has a history of being a, uh, you know, a, a top program. Uh, I don't think they've been there recently, so it just—it's—it uh, it took me by surprise. They just. Uh, the way they took out Gonzaga. Yeah. Oh yeah. No doubt. Yeah. I, like I said, the, the San Diego state, I mean, I, I originally, when I saw that game come across started when it started and I was watching like, uh, you know, started out, it, it looked like, um, San Diego state was, just, was going to be an also ran and then all, like I said, then it just became a game of back and forth and, and, uh, you know, with San Diego state coming out there at the end. And I saw a little bit of their game again. What was it? Who did they beat before? to get in the elite eight. Um, 
Was San Diego State. Yeah, I can't remember. I don't. Have uh, let me pull up. I got the brackets here. Okay. On, uh, let me pull that up because I know I had it. Uh, they beat Furman. <laughs> Furman, yeah. Because you know that, that one. That one. Furman used... beat. Uh, Furman beat Virginia. Right. Uh, well, wait. Yeah. Uh, yeah but, right? I mean, I expected them to to win to Furman when they when I saw that game come up. I'm like, okay. Um, you know, and then when they when they. Yeah, but then when they, they no, they beat they beat Furman, then they beat Alabama. That's right. Okay. Yeah. They beat Alabama in the Sweet Sixteen. They beat yeah. Furman in the round of thirty. Yeah, when they beat That's Alabama, right. when they, I mean, because I didn't figure, you know, like I said, I figured Alabama was, and the way it actually early, it didn't look like it, Alabama. They were close to Alabama, but it looked like Alabama had it in under control. And then all of a sudden, it became a dogfight. <laughs> yeah, they had a nine. Alabama had a nine-point lead in the second yeah. half. I was, I thought they were putting it away. Uh, but their big star, Brand, Brandon Davis, just didn't just was flat during the tournament for yeah. some reason. Uh, Twenty points and almost ten rebounds a game, uh, right. all the way through the season, and then through the SEC tournament, and, and then all of a sudden he can't he can't do anything. Uh, so that was kind of. That made the difference for Alabama. You know? Oh yeah. So I don't, I don't know what happened there, but that's that's kind of what made the difference for them. Yeah. So I don't. I tell you what. At this point, I don't know who I like. I mean, um, I'd like to say San Diego State <laughs> over Florida Atlantic, and I'd like to say the way I saw them play Miami over UConn. Um, well, just think about it, Don. San Diego State or Florida Atlantic are going to be playing for the national championship Monday night. One of them is. Um, yeah. Miami and UConn, the two highest team-rated teams probably in this thing, are uh, going to be playing in the semi. So uh, so it's going to come down to uh, – I'm impressed enough with Miami. I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't know. I'm impressed enough with Miami. I could see them getting into the uh, – Getting into the finals, uh, San Diego State. I'm going. I think I'm going with San Diego State in that uh, semifinal match. Yeah, you've got uh, you've got actually Miami and San Diego State are both five seeds. Uh, Florida Atlantic's the nine, and UConn's the four. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So UConn, you would think, be the high seed, but at this point, I don't think you can really. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, Miami's Miami's riding a really good. I mean, they're riding a really big high right now. Um, right coming out of the bracket they came out of and and uh, so i i think if i'm gonna have to be forced to it i'm gonna say your national championship game is san diego state and miami and mm-hmm. i'm gonna say that's a call that's a flip a coin game as to who's gonna win it. yeah right right because right. i, th- I can right see- now i think the whole the whole thing's a flip of a coin to me. Anyway. Oh, I, yeah. I mean, we don't we don't know that much about any one of the four teams. So I've kind of given up to trying to pick this out. So yeah, we, we haven't done well on those lately. I'll tell you what. I mean, we yeah. we should we should have learned after our bowl predictions. That's I think what we should right. have learned. Yeah. <laughs> no exactly. doubt about that. Exactly. No, yeah. no doubt about that. Uh well, there's been some um developments it looks like since the uh, uh turn obviously been some coaching changes uh, mm-hmm. we've got some portal action going on mm-hmm. uh i kind of looked at the coaching changes mm-hmm. <laughs> uh here's the breakdown how it went so far this year and we still don't know because there's still maybe there's still some jobs open and still some guys that may be on a hot seat we don't that we don't know about yet uh 25 coaches have been fired this year 
Uh-huh. One coach retired, of course, that being Bayheim. Uh-huh. And seven coaches either resigned or parted ways. Uh, some of them to take other jobs. Uh, so that really resulted in about 33 different DI uh, D D one positions became open this year. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. um, now so 10, I think uh, we have got written. I think there's been a bunch that have already been filled. Um, and most of it, most of it's all minor programs. I mean, like uh, 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 Idaho and, and a few others here and there. Uh, I've got a complete list, which I'm not going to go through. Um, there, there's it's, it would take too long and half the show would be waste, wasted by then. <laughs> but, uh, but uh, you know, a couple of, a couple of, like I said, you know, got, got teams like Austin P and New Hampshire and all that, but a couple of teams uh, or well, a couple of situations. I'll see, get your thought on them. There's one I call the domino effect. And mm-hmm. okay. So you had uh, Patrick Ewing basically, he they nobody was saying he was fired. Nobody saying he quit. They said they parted ways. Yeah, right. Well, I mean, right. that was one, yeah. yeah, that was one of those where I think I don't know what happened, but they just didn't want to play with each other anymore. So he left Georgetown. So Ed Cooley goes from Providence to Georgetown. Mm-hmm. Kim English, former Missouri coach, mm-hmm. goes from uh, George Mason to Providence. Mm-hmm. And I think George May, I, and I think George Mason is still open. I didn't really look to see, but I think George Mason. Right. Is still open. So that's one domino that that went. Another one has been that was somewhat interesting, and and, and all these firings and hirings happened in these domino things in like a two day, three day period. It's like boom, boom, boom. Uh, Patino is back in the Power Five. You called that a couple. You called right. that on the last show. Um, he's in the back back in the Power Five as he leaves Iona for St. John's. Then Iona turned around right. and hired Tobin Anderson from Fairleigh Dickinson, and then Fairleigh Dickinson promoted the assistant coach. Right, right. And I said that all went within a couple of days worth of each other. Um, and I love it because now uh, another coach has to do with what deal with what Brad Underwood dealt with a couple of years ago. Alabama lost two assistants. Mm-hmm. Brian Hodson goes to Arkansas State, and Charlie Henry goes to Georgia Southern. Okay. So, what do you think on any of those? Any anything? Any one of those raise your eyebrows? Uh, well, that that really surprised me. Uh, you knew Patino was going to end up uh, somewhere. Uh, so, uh, if he can, if anyone can do anything about St. John's or return it to its kind of its former glory that it was when I was kind of about 20 years ago, 25 years ago, it'd be Patino. He's won wherever he's gone. I mean, he won at Iona. So you expect, you you will expect if he can turn it around. You know, Chris Beard got yeah. fired at Texas right. for, uh, for the, uh, for the uh, hitting his girlfriend or had an altercation with his girlfriend. And he uh, got fired there. Now he said Ole Miss. Ole Miss right. hired him. And uh, so Texas is still open, technically. Their assistant took over and did a real good job. He got them to the Elite Eight. Uh, the question is, will they hire him or will they go outside and hire someone well, that's else, ca- I think. That one has caused a little bit of a stir uh, over in my neck of the woods, believe it uh-huh. or not. 
as there's these, and I think a lot of, I've talked to enough guys now, I've gotten enough confirmation now to think that it's, it's a lot more smoke than it is fire, but there is a lot of uh, smoke, if you will, that Texas is interested in Brad Underwood. Sure. Sure. Uh, And we, and, and, you know, as, as uh, Dion Thomas said, when I talked to him last week, he said, he goes, he goes, you know, if I'm a player or a fan, he says, I want my coach to be wanted by other teams. Right. right. I want, I want my coach to be contacted by the UCLA's and people that he said, as long as he doesn't go anywhere. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, right. You know, I, I don't know. I mean, and now some of some people that I had heard were early on when the job came open, you know, for the Texas job, I had heard that, uh, um, People with names like Calipari and um, sure, uh, can't think of his name now. And I don't have, and I should have written it down. I don't, but you know, some of some of the other bigger names had been talked about, and so far I've heard nothing. I've really heard no names connected. I've I've looked it up, and there's nothing past say the January. You know, people speculating in January after Beard was actually was formally let go. Mm-hmm. There's there's nothing really um, uh, indicate indicating any who who might be up for that job. So and and DeConte the AD over there, he fired the football coach after they had a, a what won like ten games in a bowl game, and he he fired the football coach. Uh yeah, I was trying to you talk about the Texas yeah the Texas uh, AD Texas, the, yeah Texas yeah. AD. Um, yeah, they've uh, they've gone through the football coaches there. Uh, you know, Rodney Terry is the assistant coach who stepped in for Beard. Yes. And he's done a good job, and it may be they were waiting to see how this worked out. They may end up hiring Rodney Terry because, like you said, I haven't heard any noise about anyone, you know, being rumored to that job at all. You know, Calipari probably isn't going somewhere, isn't going anywhere. Uh, Although the Kentucky fans may be ready to move on, I don't know that he'll go anywhere. Uh, you know, and I just can't think of anyone else. I, you know, Brad Underwood, I, I hadn't heard that, Don, but if, you know, Texas certainly has some money to, to, to pay anyone. Oh, yeah. They want. yeah. They've got the money to make, they, they've got the money, that's for sure. I mean, yeah. no, no doubt about that. Uh, um, yeah. I'll tell you one job I hadn't heard, and I, I'm looking at it now, is Notre Dame. You know, uh, uh, Mike uh, Bray retired. They said he retired. That was the official version. Yes. And I'm seeing a Micah Shrewsbury as – Penn State coach. Being his, he's where? He was the Penn State coach. Oh. He's a guy that did such a good job at Penn State this year. He well, okay. he put he, he put he took Penn State. Put him in the were, NCAA tournament. Well, well, Penn State was a 10 seed. I didn't. They were a 10 seed in the Big Ten tournament. And he basically took him to the championship game in the Big Ten tournament. They lost out to Purdue. And uh, then he won a game or two in the NCAAs. Um, I think they won a game, yeah. Won a game, maybe. Yeah, uh, I had not heard that. I guess I'd missed that. I was I was flipping through some of these uh, coaching hires, and and uh, uh, that was that was one I hadn't heard about. So I was kind of I was just kind of curious about yeah, that I mean, one. The, I mean, it, it came as, it did come as a little bit of a surprise to a lot of people, I think, because uh, I don't think they figured that even though Penn state did as well as they did, 
um, that, you know, that, that was going to get him a, a, the job at Notre Dame. And, you know, quite frankly, um, I, I'm a little bit surprised that Notre Dame would go for somebody that is not that well-known. I mean, they're normally a, a, a big splashed kind of, kind of school when they want to hire somebody. At least, right. at least somebody who's who's fairly well known, and and uh, you know Shrewsbury is just not uh, that well known. So maybe they're seeing something that that nobody else is seeing. Um, well, you know, uh, one well, no, was yeah, was, yeah, was, yeah, right. was uh, Syracuse. When after Bayheim retired, I would figure they would go out and they would bring in under the name, uh, and they mm-hmm. didn't. They hired the assist the assistant Adrian Autry to take over uh-huh. as Syracuse. I don't, mm-hmm. I, I'm not sure about that one. <laughs> yeah, I'm not, not either. About that. Well, the only thing I heard about Syracuse was that um, Jim Behan kind of went out. I don't know if he was pushed out. You know, they were ready to move on from Behan. He's a, he's a difficult personality, I think. Oh, yes. And maybe the one of the deal was that for him to leave, that they would hire his top assistant. You know, he'd set it up if they would hire his top assistant. So, that's what I had heard. That uh, that's the reason they got Bayheim out the door. You know, uh, Bayheim. I said Bayheim's not an easy guy uh, to get along with. I don't think so. Anyway, that's that's why. Yeah, I, he's I think that's he's, he's uh, he does kind of have that reputation as not someone that's uh, uh, real uh, personal. At least, at least in the in post game interviews and stuff like that, mm-hmm. he doesn't come across as somebody. You're gonna just no. sit down and have a conversation with? Him. No, no, That's no, he's sure. not. So uh, That's for sure. Uh, so I'm, I'm, that is that was the reason I heard why he didn't. Yeah. Uh, he yeah, didn't. You're talking about. You know, you're talking about uh, Calipari earlier. Um, he's losing an assistant too. Unfortunately, not one of the not one of his two big ones. But he's losing uh, uh, KT Turner, who's going to. I guess one Texas school figured out they, who the, high, the University of Texas Arlington is taking him as, as their new coach. Oh, okay, okay. And there's one one that actually uh, normally you see some guys from the pros coming in, and there's only one pro coach coming in this time around on on the coaching hires. Uh, Damon Stoudemire is taking over Georgia Tech. Uh, he was coaching. Oh, he is. Okay. Yeah, he came okay. from the NBA. Uh, coach, he's going to take over Georgia Tech. So. Uh, well, sometimes those things work out. Sometimes they don't. Uh, the, the Memphis State coach, and uh, anyway, some of these guys come out of the pros. Uh, you know, they know that, that, that maybe they can recruit. Uh, you know, that's something that Georgia Tech. It's been a long time since they've won much there since Bobby Crimmins retired. Mm-hmm. God, he was still the coach there when I was in living in Atlanta, and uh, he retired several years ago. And they've just yeah. kind of gone through coaches there ever since. And they gave Pashner, Josh Pashner, plenty of opportunity. But that's just a harder program to win at now than it was when Cremens was. A lot of that has to do with academic standards. Georgia Tech has pretty strict ac- academic standards. So it's just hard to put a roster together there. It's a little bit like coaching at Vanderbilt. You know, you yeah. just takes takes the right person to put a roster together. Or probably even like Northwestern in the Big Ten. You know, it's it's hard it's hard to put a roster together at schools like that. So, oh yeah, and, and you know when you talk also, um, well with, with T, especially like for T, and this is why I've been a little bit surprised with uh, how the SEC fared uh, in the uh, basketball tournament because you, you you think of the SEC, you think of mm-hmm. Alabama, you think of 
Tennessee, you think of these other schools, and you think football. About right. the only SEC school you really think basketball would be Kentucky. Right. Of any rules, or any rules. But you know, you got Arkansas, you I mean they they handled themselves very well. You know, um, so I was really surprised about the SEC. And I I, I was not necessarily surprised about the Big Ten, the way um they'd fell like like uh, uh wafer crackers, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean I, I didn't think Purdue was as good as everybody said they was, and that proved to be right. Uh, of course, mm-hmm. Illinois, everybody knows they had their issues. Um, you know, Izzo did what he could to keep the Big Ten alive, but it wasn't yeah. enough. Yeah, I did. Uh, but, um, uh, you know, I, and I don't know. Uh, I'm going to get your thought. I mean, uh, now the SEC has a basketball, a conference basketball tournament, correct? That's correct. Uh-huh. Now, when do you guys end yours? When is yours done? What do you mean? When is what? Well, I mean, when is, when, when, when is your final game for that tournament? Is it like, is it Selection Sunday the day before? Yeah, it's, it was on Selection Sunday. It was on Selection yeah. Sunday? Well, see, there's been a, and I've been watching a couple of the boards up here, and people are talking about that um, with the way the they're trying to fit so many games now in and, and everybody's got their conference tournament and you're trying to get all the teams in the conference involved or as many as possible that you end up with these uh, situations where you've got them playing like in, 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 if they're playing in there, they have to go through the tournament, say like a Penn state did. And they, you know, you're going through four games in four days there. Then you've got three days off and then you're right back into two more games over four, over a three day period. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, some people, it's got some people at least ran here questioning this and mostly it's because of the big Ten's poor performance is, is it too many games in a week? Um, well, you know, you think the, the teams that pull the double by, uh, that's the top four teams. They only have to play three, of course they have to play three games in a row. Right. But the, uh, some of the teams would have to play four. Uh, the worst teams would have to play five. Mm-hmm. But they're not going. None of those teams are going to go through f- play five game, five straight games and win a tournament. But the four, it's a chance for the four, maybe for the four, uh, because there there are some good teams a lot, in a lot of those tournaments. They were playing the four games. Arkansas played four, would have had to play four games. Uh, I was trying to think who it was. Uh, the top four teams were Alabama, Texas A and M, Purdue. I guess. No, I'm taking the the SEC. Oh, the SEC. I'm sorry. Um, I thought you were talking about the Yeah, Black uh, Alabama, Texas A&M, I guess Kentucky, Missouri. Yeah. That left uh, Tennessee and Alabama, uh, Tennessee and Arkansas, they were going to have to play four games. So you might have a point there. Uh, but those conference tournaments make a lot of money. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, I mean, they're not going away anytime soon. Uh, no, that, that's no. that's never – you're not going to go back to the old the old school way of no conference tournament and uh, – uh, I think the only the only thing I like now there are talking people saying maybe moving the conference tournament back two or three days, you know maybe kind of squeezing the a couple games out of the uh, early preseason schedule, which really wouldn't bother me because it's usually just tune up games like a Bethune Cookman or a, uh, right. somebody like that that you know you know you're going to stand a very good yeah. chance of winning, um, and but I don't know how I feel about it I, and, and what because. I mean, you grew up like I did, obviously, uh, I think, because, you know, when I was back in the day, there was no conference tournament. 
mm-hmm. um, especially in the Big Ten. They they were one of the last holdouts to have a conference tournament. Mm-hmm. And yeah, uh, yeah. Although now, I, although the Ivy, I think the Ivy League still doesn't have a. Con- I think they're still the only one that does not have a conference tournament. You know, I don't know. Um, I think they're just. I think they're just. Uh, they go on regular season. They're the only league that's left yeah. that does that. Um, but yeah, they they make too much money. You're not going to take those away. Uh, but I can see maybe moving them back because if you start your tournament on a Thursday, which typically most of these tournaments, uh, conference tournaments, are starting. Like I said, if a team has to play four games, then they get, and they end up on Sunday, then they get Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday off, and then they're right back into playing again. So they're in effectively playing five or six games in a span of a week or exactly. a week or 10 days. Yeah. And, right. you know, so, so I can see where some people might say that that may give some teams a disadvantage because some of these other conference tournaments are done before the weekend starts. You know, some of these uh-huh. smaller conferences. So maybe there is something to that. I don't know because uh, I don't know about San Diego State, how the pack is their pack 10. San Diego State's not Pac-10. They may yeah. be uh, – I don't know if they're Western Athletic or what. Or something, <laughs> but, you know, I, I don't know how what yeah. kind of – how they any of these other teams are doing their 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 conference right. their conference tournaments but or, you know, conference seedings. I still think, though, if you're going to give automatic bids, the automatic bids ought to go to the regular season conference champion. I, I've mm-hmm. said that for years. I don't think – I don't think you should give it to the tournament champion because I just think – you know, any team can get hot in a four or five game sure. stretch and win a tournament if, yeah. if the right if the right teams fall out before you know, like we've seen in this bit, like we've seen in the NCAA. So right. you know, I I I don't know. That's just me, maybe. But uh, I, I guess sometimes I stress too much about that. I think I think maybe I'm buying a car or something. <laughs> you know, you know, because uh, you know, you know how stressful it is to buy a car, don't you, Russ? You've bought. Yeah, well, I do. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, but there's a place that's trying to change that. Fifth Street Motors, located at 2044 Rose Lane in Pacific, Missouri. At Fifth Street Motors, they want to make your car buying experience less stressful. They will help you find the vehicle you need, no matter what brand. And at Fifth Street Motors, they believe in giving you the absolute best price on a pre-owned vehicle that's going to fit your budget. So check out what stress-free car buying can be. Give Brandon or call uh, or Don, excuse me, a call a day at 573-259-1306. That's called Brandon or Don, 573-259-1306. Tell them Don Glenn and Russ Robinson from the NCAA Report sent you. <laughs> I got you in there this time, Russ. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, uh, I want to – Let's talk a little talk a little bit about our teams now. I mean, as, as painful as it's going to be, at least for, for me anyway, you you at least won a game for crying out loud. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I guess I'll yeah. start. Yeah. Illinois, oh boy. I I've talked, like I said, I've talked to a couple of different people. Um and mm-hmm. I was talking to Deion Thomas uh last week and I asked him, I said that if I had to put the Illinois season down to two words, I would say it was missed opportunities. Mm-hmm. And he, I said, what about you? And he, he said, well, if he had to do it, he would say he, his was basically, uh, well, I can't remember what the first word was disappointment was, was his, was his main word on it. And you, know, you have to stop and think, you know, when this team started out, uh, Underwood had, Underwood had to do what, what uh, uh, Gates did there in Missouri. He had to bring in, he was bringing in a bunch of new players because he had guys mm-hmm. that left. He had, uh, and, you know, 
Al Alfonso Plummer was a senior. Um, let's see. Williams is a senior. Frazier was a senior. Kofi went to the NBA. And then you had a couple of, of kids transfer out. So he's trying to replace all that. He had freshmen coming in. Um, the two transfers in um, uh, Matt Meyer and uh, Shannon, Terrence Shannon Jr. You know, a lot of people didn't know what to think. And then the, the report started coming in how how they played here and, and what the practices were looking like and the scrimmages were looking like. And then there was the secret scrimmage against Kansas uh, in, which, well. in which there was no score supposedly kept, but mm -hmm. uh, all reports said that Illinois beat in effectively beat them in that scrimmage. Of course, I don't know how, how you put any validity in that without anything to see, without anything to go by. Um but there was that, and then the three games they started, then they won the the uh, game in Vegas against UCLA, and everybody's looking at this, and the team and with the freshman and uh, Sky Clark, and, you know, and then all of a sudden, like, you know, we, we started having the issues. And, and initially, a lot of us, uh, myself included, put it off as like, okay, it's just a bunch of young kids that are having trouble with these older teams, like, mm -hmm. like the Maryland's, the Virginia's that, that had, you know, five, mm -hmm. six seniors on the, on the team and, and, and a couple of them grad students, so to speak, you know, the, the, the COVID boys. Um, but then it became apparent. Uh, and I won't say after Missouri beat us because I mean, that was another game. I think Missouri was just too well, too well experienced too too uh, uh, poised and there's mm -hmm. just nothing was going to phase it. And I think that's, that's what, that's why we got thrumped so bad. Then you had Sky Clark leaving. Then you had uh, R.J. Melendez went down with a little bit of a shoulder injury. Mm -hmm. Then you had uh, Matt Meyer went into a fight. You just had so many things happen. And then we got into a stretch where we played really good. But then again, we were playing Minnesota. We were playing Wisconsin. We were playing um, you know, teams that weren't going to be challenging us anyway. Mm -hmm. And everybody felt good. Well, then we ran into our hard stretch again. Then we ended up facing Purdue. Penn State came in and beat us again. And it's left a lot of people really worried and 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 uh, concerned about going forward with what we've got. We've got two um, pretty good recruits coming in, two four-stars again. Uh, Brad Underwood, he seems to like those four-stars after a kid's name because he's, he's, he's brought <laughs> – He's brought in a bunch of them uh, because all three recruits last year were four stars. All three recruits this year were four stars. And actually, when he picked up, when uh, 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 Sky Clark um, decommitted and then announced for Illinois, he was a five-star. I uh, said, so these two kids coming in, uh, Hansberry and uh, Gibbs Lawhorn, they're both five, uh, four stars. But the one thing I think we've, that people have noticed, and, and I've noticed it, and I'll put it this way. If I can notice it, it's noticeable. Uh, and that is uh, uh, this team needs a point guard. They need a point guard that has experience, that has uh, a little bit of a mind on them to understand what's going on. Um, and I just don't, and I, and they're going to have to go to the portal to get that. And I was, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm working on an article now for Illinois about uh, uh, portal options for them at, at the point, because you looked at their three-point shooting, and that was their big letdown. But I, I, I will claim, and and Dion kind of, when we talked, he said, "Well, maybe, maybe not." Uh, I think the three-point shooting suffered because we didn't have a good point guard. 
because we didn't right. have that guard that could recognize who the hot hand was. And because we were playing with Shannon was playing the point sometimes. Epps was playing the point sometimes. Harris was playing the point sometimes. Heck, even Meyer and Coleman Hawkins. Yeah, we had a 6'10 point guard for a couple of times. <laughs> um, and, you know, when you get the point being changed hands that often, I just think, I just think the rest of the team suffers uh, when that happens. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah. of course, in the later, you know, Epps was had his concussion issue. Harris had a concussion. Uh, Shannon had a concussion in that last few last uh, half a game. So, you know, maybe they they weren't physically ready to take on the NCAA tournament. Uh, I do think they belonged. Other people were saying, no, Big Ten didn't even deserve four teams. Well, you know, that may be true because a lot of them got fouled out in the first in the first weekend. But um you know, I, I think Underwood's got his work cut out for him. Um, mm-hmm. And I'll, I'll have to add for those people who are worried about, or for those people who say um, that I'm wrong, because uh, I say he's staying after people I've talked to, I, it, nobody has said he's leaving. Um, mm-hmm. If he leaves or if he stays, he's got a big, big job to do. And I think he's going to stay. I, I think he sees what this team is. He likes to build programs. And, mm-hmm. and I don't think he's done building this one yet. I really don't. Um, and it's just a matter of getting enough people that are going to stick around two and three and four years, even to keep a, a solid core. That's going to, that's going to, uh, that all you have to do is add to it, reload, so to speak. You know? mm-hmm. So I look for better things next year for, from out, out of Illinois. Um, I know Missouri's going to have some issues. Uh, they got to, they're going to have to be replace a bunch of guys again this year, aren't they? Uh, yeah, I mean, he's got some guys who who used up all their eligibility, and he's waiting on to here to see what guys that haven't are going to stick around. There's some guys that have their um, still have that extra COVID year left, mm-hmm. and one is Kobe Brown. My oh, please, no, please, Kobe, please. Yeah, he needs to leave. Kobe, he needs to leave. <laughs> well, <laughs> Kobe. Uh, my understanding is Kobe, they, what they speculate is if he does leave, he would be a late second round choice. Oh, yeah. And what I'm hearing, at least from what I'm reading on all uh, from the beat writers, everything like that, is that Missouri is trying to put together an NIL deal for him where it would, he would wait a year mm-hmm. uh, and come back and play another year. Uh, so, I mean, I know Gates would probably like to have him back. And I kind of think Kobe will come back. I wasn't sure at first, but when I heard that he's a late second round pick, uh, if that, you know, sometimes those guys end up in the NBA development league or play over in Europe. And so it might pay him to stay another year. Uh, so, you know, but he's going to bring, be bringing in some, uh, some good recruits. He's kind of like maybe Brad Underwood. He's got four, four, three, four star recruits coming in next year, plus a uh, plus a junior college transfer he signed. And today they just picked up in the portal, or yesterday, a guy from uh, Colorado State that was a guard. There was a three point shooting uh, specialist. So you know, I, the, the, uh, Don, I feel like that Missouri some of these guys he's bringing in from their recruiting are big guys that he needs. I mean, he needs 6'10", something like that, that can play play under. He really didn't have a, a lot of options there. Kobe was too 
was the type of guy. He was six nine. He was kind of a big husky guy, but they like to play him out on the out. You know, uh, either when they can on the out on the to, to shoot a three or to drive the basket or something like that. They need some guys who could stay under the basket and rebound against some of these teams. That's why Princeton beat them. They just out rebounded them. Uh, so uh, he's got a, a couple of 16 guys, four-star guys coming in. Plus, he's hoping for the development of this guy named uh, Mohamed Derhera, who played this year. He's 6'10", 6'11". He just wasn't very big. I think he was only about 210 pounds or something. So they're hoping to put some more weight on him. Yeah. Uh, they can do that. Uh, that's really where they want to to go. Uh, I'm, You know, I uh, – I see that next year, Don, they actually could possibly be better but not have as good of a record. And what I mean really? by that, hmm. yeah, what I mean by that is I expect Gates played a pretty soft schedule, non-conference schedule this year to get his team kind of in mesh with each other to get you everybody to get used to each other. I think they'll upgrade that non-conference record, that conference schedule. I really do. I think they'll add some teams other than just Kansas and Illinois. That's all they played in the non-conference, just Kansas and Illinois. And I think they'll upgrade that. And also at the SEC, if you look at their coaches, there was a lot of first-year coaches this year who are just rebuilding mm-hmm. schools, LSU, uh, uh, Florida, uh, Georgia, South Carolina, uh, I was trying to think who else was out there. But anyway, there was, there was about four or five first-year coaches in the SEC. And they were just now getting – they're just trying to get their feet under the ground. Mississippi State was another one. Mm-hmm. Um, and, the, and the guy, Vanderbilt, he's been there for a few years, but he's just now beginning to build some momentum there. I really think the whole conference will probably be better next year. You know, I don't see Alabama – although Brandon Davis will, will move on to the NBA – I still see them being a player. Auburn, with uh, with uh, will still be a player. I think Arkansas will be back strong. Texas A&M will be back strong. Uh, so I think it could be a it could be a tougher schedule. Mizzou could actually play, be a better team, but they just not have as good of a that uh, good of a record. In fact, right. I would be surprised if we win 25 games next year, you know. I just think they'll be tough. It'll be tougher. They still could – they could get back to the NCAA tournament. It could just be a – may not quite as good of a record. Yeah, it may not be as good of a seed. Yeah, I, I – uh, you, know, you mentioned uh, uh, Brown maybe having uh, – being able to come back for his uh, his COVID years, I call it. Uh, that's yeah. the same thing. That's the same thing Illinois got with Terrence Shannon Jr. Yeah. Um, He's got that COVID, and I, th- I think I heard last I heard they were doing the same thing Missouri's doing. They're they're trying to they're trying to cobble together an NIL deal that's going to keep him around for another year because um, he's the same. He's in the same boat as Kobe. I mean, uh, him and Coleman Hawkins both are looking at late second round, mid mid. Well, Coleman's actually mid to early second round, uh, only because he's six mm-hmm. ten and he's got an outside shot. Um, but uh, but yeah, I, I can see it, and I you know I I, I wonder sometimes, um, it, and I know kids are leaving early everywhere with the with football, but it just seems so easy in basketball anymore that kids, you know, uh, they play one year and they want to go pro, and mm-hmm. I, I I don't know. I mean, I, am I too much of an old fart or what? <laughs> Probably so. You know, a lot of that's been going, you know, 
John Calipari built his reputation at Kentucky. He was quite successful several years there recruiting the one and done McDonald's mm -hmm. All-Americans. And, you know, they won a national championship with a bunch of freshman guys one year there. He never had a second. He never had any for a while there. He never had anybody coming back. He's yeah. going out recruiting uh, national. So yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of that. And the, the better players, you know, the NBA don't they have that rule where they don't take 18 year olds anymore out of high school or something like that. They don't recruit those. So yeah, you've got to, you've got to wait one year. Yeah, you've got that one year buffer between high school and between high school and when you and if you join the pros. Yeah, right. So that's how that's created this one and done guys taking off early. Right. Uh, there's always, you know, even before that, there were guys who came in and maybe stayed two or three years and would leave. But this yeah, is declare the hardship. And yeah, yeah, they could go on. I know Mizzou had a player named Kareem Rush back in the Quinn Schneider days, and he only stayed two years, I think. And he yeah. went to the NBA. I, you know, these that just happens. Uh, but it's it's much more so than now. The best players are going to leave. Brandon Davis will go. To the NBA, I mean, without question, no one's expecting him to stay around, and right, right. the better players will. They can make so much money, uh, even even just sitting on right in the bench. You know, oh, <laughs> on yeah. a good I mean, for the NBA team, they yeah, can no ride doubt. the bench. And, no doubt. And there's good that. money, and there's good money in Europe for these guys. I mean, you know, they, you know, they can make good money. That's why these NIL deals are so interesting. If they can, uh, some of the schools can put together good NIL that might keep. They won't keep an NBA first rounder, but they might keep the second rounder or something like that sticking around another year, you know? Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, and I think uh, I've talked about it a couple of times with like with, with different people, but I think the, the way that with the NIL money now, now I think they're going to have to redo and rethink the whole transfer portal thing. Mm -hmm. um, as to, I think it's so easy for kids to, just you know i don't like what i how i you know i, I didn't get enough playing time here or, uh right yeah you know, they, they know they're bringing in some hot shot freshman that's going to get all the attention so they're not going to get their media attention or nil money so they're going to go someplace else and then you got the other the other teams like a kid from say western kentucky who could play in a power five you know now he's looking at all these power these kids going to power fives that he knows he's as good as making mm -hmm. all this NIL money and he can't because he's at Western mm -hmm. Kentucky. Mm -hmm. Sure. Sure. You know? And so I think maybe in some respects we need to kind of uh, narrow down the either narrow down the amount of NIL money a school can give out or narrow down the transfer portal. So the kids just aren't, aren't chasing, aren't, aren't being free agent college players, which is, which is in a sense what we're doing. Right. Exactly. Well, I'm, I think the cat's out of the bag on the, transfer portal i don't know how they can bring real that back in they might be able to get a bit of control of the nils but it take the ncaa and, and all the members working to come up with a plan on that right now it's just kind of the wild west out there with nils and so well, i mean i i think the federal government eventually on that nil thing i think the federal government's probably going to end up probably getting involved in it eventually mm -hmm. and saying okay mm -hmm. wait a minute we can't have 50 different rules for nil out here Right. We need run right. one rule and this is it, mm -hmm. you know, and go right. from there. Maybe that's what's going to have to happen. So, um, well, you know, uh, 
I, and I can understand these kids. I, I really can't. I mean, they're looking for their best deal because they want to protect themselves and their family. Because we all know how important it is to stay protected. You know, just like a quarterback needs to stay protected in the pocket, you have to have the things in your life protected. Because we all know sometimes life's going to throw you a curveball. That's why you need Allstate. The Wiley Group has two locations in Festus and Arnold to serve you. They offer home, auto, boat, motorcycle, business, life insurance, investments, and so much more. They offer a customized approach that's unique to your situation to make sure you, your family, and assets are properly protected. They also have great rates and savings. So give Sean and his team a call today at 636-764-6294. They'll help you with an insurance quote right over the phone. And again, that's 636-764-6294. I mean, that's how they roll. They talk to you over the phone. They give you the quote, you're done. Even give them a call if you just want to talk sports. I've heard they do that too. Now, some days, you know, people just have so much to do. You've got kids, you've got work, you've got outside functions. So you can email Sean, Sean Wiley at allstate.com. S-E-A-N-Y-I-L-E. Uh, at allstate.com and talk to him about your coverage options. And remember, you're always in good hands with Allstate. Okay. There's a, we've had, we've had uh, two bragging rights games. Well, one bragging rights game this year. And, you know, Illinois took the short end of the stick on that one, as I thought they would. We've got another one coming up, but I'm going to tell you what, Russ, neither you or I know what the hell's going on with that one. Oh no. <laughs> I guess next couple of days Illinois is playing Missouri and I guess it's the bragging rights baseball game. So we'll see how that turns out. Maybe we'll maybe I'll see if I'll uh, if I get it. I don't know where it's being played at either. I have to find out where it's being played. It's being played. I just pulled up the Mizzou website. Oh, okay. It's being played at uh at Illinois. It's oh, okay. on Tuesday. Uh Missouri's 17 and 6 this year, but they lost their last three games, a figure three game series to uh South Carolina. I'm not sure how good this team is better than it's been in a while. Uh, they have a coach named Steve Besner who's been there for a few years. He's been trying to build it. I feel like this is the year he needs to get something done and get into the uh, get into the you know get into the NCAA World Series of the tournament at the end of the year. Right, right. Uh, we, we'll we'll have to see. I'm just not I'm not that familiar with their roster, but I do know so far. Uh, they're playing fairly well. They're three and three in the, in the SEC conference, which is a tough baseball conference. It really is. Uh, th- there's a lot of good teams there, so we'll have to see. And Illinois is kind of one of those games. Uh, they play Illinois, then they play Lindenwood, then they go back to the SEC for a while. Uh, so you know they're going to. I don't know. I don't know uh, if that's going to be a close game, good game, or not. You know, yeah, I mean, anyway, I Illinois, they're, they're, um, they're always a, a, a fairly good ball, uh, baseball program, uh, uh, ever since back going back to stitch Jones and, 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 and those guys, um, they've got a pretty good facility they play at. So then they've got a really good indoor facility. So they don't, they're not really bothered by the weather as much as some of our, okay. some of the Northern big 10 teams are. So they, you know, right. they'll, they'll be ready to go now, whether they're any good or not this year, I, I have to admit, I have not followed them lately. Um, but, uh, uh, you know, it, it should be a good game. If I get a chance, maybe I, maybe I run out there tomorrow, I'll take a look at them. So give it, you know, give it I, based, try to, try to give it me an eyewitness process. report. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, uh, well, one thing, one thing I just, I just saw this come across the ticker here. 
It looks like uh, we're talking about the transfer portal and everything. Looks like North Carolina is losing their number one scorer. Uh, junior guard Caleb Love has entered the transfer portal. So if no, so uh, if North so if North Carolina didn't have didn't have enough to worry about. Really? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm not sure where that kid's from, but I heard something, saw something today where he might have been at one time Missouri tried to recruit him. Uh, I don't know. They'll go back and try to get him, try again, you know. Yeah, so. yeah I don't know. I mean, it uh, could be. He's, uh, he's averaged 16.7 points a game for the Tar Heels. And I guess they've mm. already got it. They've already got his replacement, uh, a kid from Brown University, guard Paxton Wojcik is now committed mm. to play for North Carolina. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, we'll see how I just saw, that, just saw that come across. I figured, you know, if, as if North Carolina didn't have enough problems not making the NCAA tournament, now they're losing their leading scorer. I know. I know. Yeah. You it's know. hard to imagine someone leaving North Carolina, but. Oh, well, you know. I, I mean, that, that was me a couple of years ago when we, when we, or last year, when we were able to get, um, uh, uh, Jaden Epps out of North Carolina, uh, like the number three point guard in, in North Carolina. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we walk in and he comes to Illinois. It's like, I, I, mm-hmm. I'm still trying to figure out what Mojo Underwood used to get that deal going. <laughs> yeah. How you, how you, how you, how you take the number three point guard out of North Carolina and NC state, North Carolina, and do, none of them want him. Yeah. Yeah. That's strange, but yeah. so, well, Russ, um, I think we I think we've kind of done everything we can do for this this month. We kind of covered it. We kind of covered it for sure. Uh, you know, next month we'll uh, we'll spring football will be in. Let's maybe get back into a little bit of NCAA football talk. Um, we can start talking recruiting things and stuff like that, and uh, we'll kind of go from there. So, for my broadcast partner Russ Robinson, and you can find Russ at. Uh, Twitter, FR Robinson one nine five seven. Uh, and then I, like I said, I float around some of the Cardinal and the Mizzou Facebook groups. And so you can find me there. And of course I'm, I'm blogging about Mizzou here at Gateway City Sports. So, um, you know, we, I'm trying to get something ready for my next one. I don't know exactly what's going to be yet, Don. I'm toying around with two, three ideas, but, uh, uh, you know, there's a lot going, there's wrapping up the basketball season and kind of wrapping up spring football. Yeah, yeah, something. Good. So we got some things to write about. Yeah, definitely, definitely, definitely there. And you can find me here at the show, Talking Sports on the Bleachers, in the show's website, Talking Sports hyphen OTV hyphen GCS dot on podium.com. You can find me also at Gateway City Sports. I tend to throw in an article or two now and again, or you can reach me on Twitter, TSOTB GCS. So for my broadcast partner, Russ Robinson, and myself, Don Glenn, I want to thank you guys for joining us, and we will see you again next time when we're talking sports on the bleachers.